What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Sheehan Show here on Sherdog.com. My name is Sean Sheehan, and today we are looking ahead to KSW 86, which goes down on September the 16th, 2023, uh, over in Poland, and the Bantamweight title is atop the card. But I'll tell you one thing. It's a very good card. I was just looking at the betting odds. Maybe I'll, I'll read out a few of them as uh, as I go through the card here. But the biggest betting favorite on this card is plus two ten. Um, there's nobody else over plus two hundred. That tells you how close this card is. So uh, many good fights, such good matchmaking, and some very, very, very close fights, as those betting odds would suggest here. Um, and I think. Look, I spoke about it the last time I think I did uh, I did a KSW preview or maybe one of the, the other European show previews. I just think it's a massive time for uh, for European MMA in general. There's so many opportunities out there. Um, there's so much stuff happening. You know, there's even uh, an Octagon card as well this weekend. We had uh, a Cage Warriors card last weekend. I know that was over in the States, but still it's a European promotion. They have the Irish card coming up and plenty more. We have Bellator obviously coming to Dublin um, with their um, uh, with their big Irish card. We have PFL Europe coming up. Uh, is that next week or the week after? It's coming up very quickly anyway, and then they'll have the final uh, in Dublin as well. Plus, look at the UFC. Look how many Irish people they're signing. They're signing a lot of European names. Looks like they're going to be coming back to Ireland and other parts of Europe uh, next year, even more. And they were just in Paris and all that. So, I, t- I tell you what, like, <sighs> MMA in Europe at one time... It felt it felt very like we're kind of, you know, a little bit maybe the, the noisy neighbor type of thing. You know, we we do well. There's always a good fighter coming out of the odd country, but it, it felt a little bit like we were second class citizens, maybe a little bit. And I, I feel like it's not necessarily that that has changed or anything. I think I think European MMA has kind of caught up, and there's a lot of European MMA worth watching there's a lot of uh, quality coming from european mma and look we've had a few champions now obviously as well with connor and bisping and a few more and jan blahovic and joanny and jacek and and many uh, many more coming out of europe and i think people are kind of realizing that and realizing this is somewhere to pay attention to but also i think some of the promotions do such good work that it's you know it's it's almost hard to ignore them really uh, if you're like if you're in Europe, obviously we we're going to be uh, paying attention. But even outside of Europe, sometimes it's it's hard to 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 ignore them, you know. Because KSW, especially, you know, you would have to put them down as number one in terms of the show they put on. It's absolutely mesmeric, like the stars that they create in their area and all. It's absolutely unbelievable. Like look what Cage Warriors do. The stars they they are creating the 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 quality of fighter they're creating. And okay, people are recent. They're like, oh, well, you know, some of the people are losing. Going, yeah, but. You know, things happen like that as well. People lose and people will go on. Like it, it happened. Look, look at um, uh, look at Saldish going over to one championship. It happens. You lose a couple of fights like that can, it can absolutely happen. But I just think it's, it's massive that the the fighters are getting these opportunities and they're for the most part absolutely taking them, whether it's in the short term or the longer term. And I think it's not just the opportunity to go to the UFC or go to Bellator or whatever. Like. We've talked about it many times now, but the way KSW have created their own market seems like Octagon are doing a similar thing. Although there's a few fighters going from there to the to the UFC, but like to be able to plan, like we have here, um, uh, a quadrology. Let's say I know this is the third one in KSW. But you get what I mean? For that quality and level of fighters to be able to have both of those fighters stay in an organization 
and fight there multiple times. It it says a lot. It's it really does say a lot about the organization, and I think, um, I, I think that's that's really relevant to what we like like what we think about KSW, right? It is very different from some of the other organizations. Like your favorite fighter might be in whether it's uh, Octagon or Brave or Cage Warriors, whatever it might be, and you know they might be in the UFC the next time you hear about them. Whereas in KSW, they usually stay in KSW because KSW pay well and they have created that place where it is, you can be a lifer in KSW. And do you know what? That's important. Because we don't have really many places like that. Like Bellator was kind of that place, right? Like say someone like Chandler and Alvarez did end up leaving, but they could have stayed and they could still be there. You know what I mean? Say someone like James Gallagher has been there a long time. There's MVP has been there a long time. You know, everyone kind of, uh, uh, sometimes, you know, they, they leave and they go, but they didn't have to. None of those people I mentioned would ever have to go. They can spin their whole fighting career in one organization. Now, we'll see what's happening with Bellator, where it goes. But if you think about it, where else has that ever been possible? Like, uh, okay, um, PFL is, is, is rather new, and hopefully that is the case. Um, and maybe you could say the same for one championship, although that's maybe another good example. But, like, there's really... There's really nowhere else, is there? But KSW has been that for a good long while now, and it's absolutely great to have it. You know, it's absolutely fantastic to have it. So um, if you like fighter welfare and if you are on the side of the fighters, I'll tell you what, there's worse places you could be looking at than KSW. Even on this card, we'll talk about Henry Felipe in, in a second, but to have an Irish fighter... Uh, in an organisation like this, you know, with, uh, I'll throw my bias in. It's really good. Because sometimes you like you interview an Irish fighter and go, oh, geez, he's a nice guy. And like, well, if he loses one more fight, he could be fighting for fucking 500 quid again type of thing, you know? And I, I think that about all fighters, to be honest. But like, it's, it's if you think that way, right? And it you absolutely should think that way. KSW is the place for you because they have fighters long term. You have a loss. They don't mind. They'll bring you back. If you make yourself into a draw, they will make you a draw. But like even as well, they push them really hard. Like the last time Henry Philippe fought, uh, they did um, what was the name of the show? Baywatch. They did like a Baywatch ad, and he was in it. It was hilarious. It was brilliant. Like and it kind of went viral. That's the sort of stuff people saw him in. That they'll know him the next time he fights, and it'll be you know pushed again. So I must say, I must hand it to KSW. They're a very good organization, an important organization. And one with a very good card coming up this weekend. So let's get a, let's get straight into it there after like seven minutes of not getting straight into it. But I, do you know what? I, I feel like these shows look sometimes we can get in, we can do a preview of the card, and I, I will absolutely do that. And I, I love doing the obviously the, the previews of the cards. But like sometimes you need to, we need to sit back and almost you know think about where everything's going and think about why they're going in this direction and things. And I think you know if we give. Five ten minutes doing that once a month. I don't. I don't think there's. I don't think there's any problem with that. And I haven't heard anyone complaining yet. But let's get into the card and let's talk about it as well. Um, the main event: Jacob Vishlak against Sebastian Pichich. Um They have fought, as I said, three times before. Here's the betting line for you: minus one fifty for Vishlak, plus one twenty for Fibish. Um Again, shout out to my guy Sean Inu before I start every time. He's absolutely great, helping with the pronunciations, helping with everything. He's an absolute uh, great man for all of the, the, the Polish MMA, Eastern European MMA, at Dini Rance on Twitter. Follow him. He's he's the best. Uh, I really, really appreciate the help he gives me with, with these previews. I literally couldn't do it without him. But um, if you're not following him, do follow him. 
But this sort of the fourth fight between these two one to Vishlak in the series. As I mentioned earlier, one of the fights happened outside of uh KSW and ACB, I believe, and they are one and one in KSW. So, you know, it's the KSW trilogy for this one. And let's say Pibish wins this one, we could have the fifth one win another two two uh, for, for the belt again, but we'll we'll see about that. We'll see how it goes first, I suppose, with this one. Um, it's a very interesting fight, right? Because I I did a preview for their last fight, and I, I went back and watched the fight before that, and obviously watched this one as well. Um, and you know what? I've been thinking a lot about trilogies lately, and you know, trilogies always seem to take. A similar sort of pathway, maybe right. Unless they're unless they're trilogies that happen, you know, say like, and maybe they fought four times, but this, maybe it's a bad example. But like, like, let's say you know Frank Yeager B J in, right? So they fought a couple of times when you know B J was maybe reaching the end, but relatively close to his prime, and Frankie was kind of a young, very good up and comer. And then the last one took place when B J was, you know, kind of completely finished. And there's some sometimes that happens, right? Sometimes trilogies. Are not, you know, they fight when they're 27, they fight again when they're 27, and then they fight when they're 29 type of thing, you know? That to me is like, uh, you know, a, a real trilogy where you can actually analyse uh, all three fights in the same vein, right? So this would be a good example of this. They, they haven't fought um, that far apart. I, I, let me, just for the, the sake of argument, I'll tell you exactly when uh, they fought their fight. So... 2022 was the last one. 2020 was the one before that, and in 2017. So, look, there was, I suppose there is what five, six years uh, in between them. But uh, 30 years of age uh, is Pibish, and uh, Viklak is 27 years of age. So, maybe, you know, he was 22. Maybe, maybe the first one can be written off a little bit, but that that was that was four. So we'll we'll take the trilogy, right? So the point I'm I'm trying to make here, right, is you you look at a fight, right, where it's um, fight number one of the trilogy, right? And let's say it's a striker match, and they strike and they strike and they strike, and fighter A wins, right? And maybe he wins three two, and then they have the second fight, and it's five rounds of striking, and fighter B wins just barely, and then they have the third one, and maybe someone gets a knockout or something like that, right? So three fights that kind of went a similar way, or maybe you could have one. One guy got wrestled in one fight. The next fight, he kind of was able to stop the wrestling. He won it on the feet. And in the third fight, he got wrestled again and lost. Something like that. So they go a, a very similar route to victory for the fighters. This one is not like that at all. This one has is completely the opposite of that. This is a fight where um, the the four the, the three fights so far have been very very different and. The way they have been different is how, how I suppose how they have been won. So uh, we, uh, just to, to quickly maybe recap, I think there was a lot of mistakes uh, in the first fight that uh, saw Vishlak getting uh, saw him uh, getting the uh, the win back in uh, 2017. I think the wrestling in the most recent one was the biggest issue, and in the middle one was kind of. A bit of a bit of bore, a bit of madness. So there, there was one fight where it was like, you know, a lot of mistakes. There was one fight where there was like a bit of wrestling, maybe shouldn't wrestle there. Then he went out and he started striking and won the striking. And in the third one, there was a lot of wrestling again. But I think this one more like directed wrestling. Um, so three very different fights, right? And we're coming into this one. It's like, how is it? 
Like, how is it going to look? Who's going to win this one? So, I think two big things here, right? So, for Vishlak, his last fight was in 2022 against Pibish. Uh, and he hasn't fought since then. So, it's, you know, it's it's not that far away. What is it, 10 months or something like that? Pibish has fought twice since then. He fought in May and he fought in July. Um, both of them went into the you know into the third round, so it wasn't like he got two easy finishes or anything like that. Um, so I think that might make a, a bit of a difference. Now, who will make a difference to him? I'm not too sure, but you you look at it from um, Pibish's point of view, and I think after uh, after he lost the fish, like he he had a lot of holes. I suppose to cover up like the wrestling was a big issue in that one and he will need I think to keep it on the feet to win it here. Um having gone back and watched him aside from that, you know, it's it's kind of, kind of obvious to see what way they both wanted to go. Vishlak is the better grappler um as he showed uh, as he showed in that fight, won it because of that. He has very good sweeps. Very good on top, very good trips, very good top control. Um, and the one big issue in the middle fight for Sebastian, and he, like even the last, well, in the last fight as well, I think he was Vishlak forced him to wrestle more and forced the wrestling more, should I say. But Sebastian too willing to grapple, and I think he was too willing to grapple because, as I mentioned in the past fight, he had a bit of success with the grappling, right? And I think the adjustments that Wishlack made, like this is a very complicated fight. <laughs> I'll be honest, this is a very, very complicated fight. There's adjustments on adjustments happening here when you get to a fourth fight. But the adjustments that Wishlack made, made his wrestling a lot more dominant than it had been in the past. So if you think about it, right, you're pivish, you go in there, um, having lost him once, with, with obviously wrestling being an issue, and then you go in and beat him, and you knock him out with punches to the body in the third round, and you go, oh, well, you know, that's kind of sorted now. But then they fight again, and he wrestles you again and beats you that way. Well, you know, that now what are the adjustments going to be? And we, maybe we'll talk about that uh, in a second. But um, Sebastian, the way he fights is actually kind of, I think it's conducive to beating a, uh, a wrestler because he is... Uh, constantly kind of moving um, He's a southpaw But he moves in and out Looks to attack But then looks to counter attack And I think that's exactly what you need Against a wrestler If I'm being honest Like If you're allowing them to come in Without any threat of a shot It's an issue But he doesn't He has the threat of a shot And if you can't attack them And push them back It's also an issue But he can um, Vishlak then on the feet He has a good jab Um but his confidence really isn't in his striking, you know. And do you know? Do you know what? It's it, it's a big issue in MMA, right? This is. It's where you you have a confidence in an area, but it only lasts so long. And I think that is Jacob's biggest issue. He has confidence in his striking, but only up to a certain point. And then he's going for grappling, even if he's winning the striking. But then if the grappling doesn't work for him, I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying there's a panic there, but there isn't the level of confidence he had at the start of the fight. So, um, it's very hard for him to win a fight, let's say striking over five rounds, but it's very, it's also very hard to outstrike him over five rounds because he will grapple you. 
Um, you know, I wish like he's he's training out of Red Dragon alongside the likes of Gamrat and Mankovsky, so you know the training partners are really good. He, you know, when he gets the fight to the ground as well, he has a lot of uh, a lot of uh, submissions. He has twelve wins. He's four uh, by submission and five five by knockout as well. So you know, nine of the, the twelve have been um, uh, have been inside, and that that's for um, that's for Pibish, In fact, for uh, Vishlak was the one I meant. Sorry, he's nine submissions out of uh, uh, out of fourteen. And, um, you know, that is, that's an awful lot. You know, as, as I said, as I said with, with Pibishner, he's no mug on the ground either. No, he can defend himself. But when you have that many submissions, it, it means a lot. Um, you know, and then the other side of it then, as I mentioned with Vish, like he, he's never knocked anyone out. So he is, uh, as I said, that confidence in the striking just doesn't seem to be there for him. Um, and, you know, he was the guy as well who had the, the he had a Coliseum fight, but it fell out on the day of the way. And so that was a big opportunity. And coming back here, obviously, to fight Pripyat. And, and for Pibish, I suppose he's 30 years of age now. Um, I think he'd, he'd been training. I was talking to Sean about he was training over in Kilcliffe. Um, and I think before the last one, he was training over there as well. Um, and, you know, as, as someone who's like a very good striker, that will only be helped by going out there. Um <sighs> The thing, I, I think, look, the last point I'll make about this on the, I suppose, the, the, the reliance of grappling for Pibish, not the reliance on grappling, but the the want to grapple, it's because he's very good at it. The problem is you're fighting Vishlak, who's probably better, is definitely better than you at it. And sometimes fighters struggle to maybe acknowledge that and kind of realize I have to fight a different way against this guy. I can fight that way against every other guy, but maybe not against this guy. So I think... I think if Pibish does that, he has a great chance of winning. And if he doesn't, I think he will almost certainly lose. But um, to to maybe give my pick for the fight, again, looking at the betting, Vishlak minus 150 plus 120 for Pibish. And I think that's just about right. I think the uh, the grappling will be the winner of this fight again. And I think um, I think we won't be having the, the, the fifth fight because I think Vishlak will take him down. I would like to see an extra bit of striking out of Ishlak, just because I think it'll set up those takedowns a little bit easier. Now, as I said, he was able to get to the takedown a lot better in the last fight, and, you know, maybe we could go through it in a fine-tooth comb and, and say how he did, but uh, he, he did it anyway. I don't. I, it doesn't matter. It happened. Um, and if he can do that again, he will, uh, he will almost certainly win this fight. Right, let's talk about, uh, let's talk about the next fight. Um, a very very interesting middleweight fight between Mikhail um, Mialski and Dominic Humberger. Um, this is, you know, this is a fight you look at, and there's a guy who's ten and five against a guy who's seven and zero. You're kind of thinking, okay, the guy who's seven and zero is on his way up. Um, you know, maybe he will be the guy now. But I'm not. I'm not necessarily too sure. Um, what this is here is like your quick twitch athlete who hits really hard um against the uh <laughs> you know the guy who is uh, and i would describe him and i think this is fair and maybe, maybe if you he heard me saying it he might think it's too fair but i think he is i would describe him as a cardio athlete um uh and i i and i'm talking about humburger there he is He's a guy who just goes and goes and goes. And, like, it's not necessarily that um, he he goes at the hardest pace, but he he just he goes at a pace. 
and that same pace for the whole fight. Like, it's very rare you actually see that in fighters. Like, most fighters set out their stall and then, okay, I'm going to... I'm going to gradually kind of dip off and so is my opponent and I'll be fine. But he doesn't. He fights at that same pace all the time. And, you know, he's a big, long, muscular guy as well. He's he's three inches of height in his opponent. Um, and, you know, he hasn't maybe fought the... Um, the the, the, you know, he, is, he hasn't fought the top guys. He fought um, um, Boris Borkowski, who's a good fighter, and a few more as well. But, like, um, you know, Mikel has been in there with Adrian Bartokinski and a few more. Some, you know, David Zavada, da- uh, Davy Galan, even, who's a very good fighter out, outside of it. And he fought Daniel Skibinski, actually, in his pro debut, who's fought uh, on, um, on every one around. He actually has a win as well over Nasserdin Imavov, who's in the UFC at the moment. So, like, he has fought to that level that uh, Humberger just doesn't have yet on his ledger. But that doesn't mean he can't get there. Um, Michaela, he reminds me a little bit of Michel Materla. Uh, lovely kicks. Lovely leg kicks. He kind of throws that stretch uppercut, which, which could be an issue if the fight goes a little bit longer. Um, and he does get caught with it as well. Uh, Dominic does. He's kind of very straight-up controlled striker. Uh, you know, he's um, he's a soldier, and they, they love making a big thing out of him being a soldier as well. Um, and he... I just, I just think... If there are improvements, let me just see when his last fight was. His last—it was only in June. His last fight, and I—I'm not—I don't, I don't know if I don't think I could find that fight. It was a couple of fights before that I was watching. He is a powerful guy. There's no doubt about it. Like he's seven wins, six knockouts, right? Only one decision. But I—I I wonder if his power can actually uh, go up a level, if we put it that way. Now. Um, Miguel has been knocked out three times in his five losses um, and you know maybe he can get to him there but I would be I think I'd be a little bit surprised let's check the betting odds for this one minus 225 for Humburger Mishlak plus 175 honest I think that'll be in my bets of the week if I'm being honest I I, I just think um, Mishlak his pace will be a little bit too much I think his power early will be a little bit too much and Humberger's slower pace will help him long term but short term I think it might be an issue so I'm going for the underdog on that one um, so yeah let's uh, look at a couple of more of the the, the uh, matchups here um, I'm very interested actually in, in the featherweight bout between uh, Lomali um, SQ and Daniel Shokovsky um Lomali's 31 years old, training out of that UFD gym in, in Dusseldorf, which we all know the likes of Antun Rakic and Roberto Saldic there and all. Um, he's a good wrestler, but he, you know, he's like your old school wrestler who likes to, who you know, who's fallen in love with boxing type of thing. He's a pressure fighter with his hands down. Um, and he's become a very good kickboxer, you know, with knees and elbows and the whole lot. Spins a lot as well. Um, he has power. He's tough. He's durable. Um... And he can keep going, you know, he has good uh, cardio. Joe, he reminds me of a little bit, right? Reminds me a little bit of Artem Labov, you know? Good power, kind of hands down, maybe not the, the biggest guy in the world. Um, and if he lands on you, he, he's very, very dangerous. He's kind of an awkward style, a lot of experience and stuff as well. Coming in against, you know, David, um, who is uh, a little bit less experienced, you know, with only uh, only 10 fights into his career, although he is a, a very, very good fighter as well. And we'll see how, how that works out for him. On the other side of it, um, uh, Shukovsky 
is 27 years of old, uh, 27 years of age, training out of uh, Ancos MMA. Um, very good kickboxer. Loves to hit to the body. Loves to throw his high kicks. He's a switch stance fighter. And do you know what? As well, watching him, I, I I compared the other lad to to Artem. It's very hard to find anyone to compare him to. He's like he's a switch stance fighter, right? But it's like he fights like a karateka on the outside and a Mai Tai fighter on the inside. He does like like that front leg stomp to come in. But when he's on the outside, he throws like the you know the kind of the open stance back leg high kick and things. It's very odd, very interesting guy and go, go on, uh, to go and watch even uh, in this fight or, or watch him in, in previous fights. Uh, he's the underdog, plus 125, minus 162 for, for Lomali. Uh, and I think they have a right there. I um, I think, look, if the wrestling works if, and if he does wrestle, I think he, he will be able to get the win. But, you know, as I was saying, he, and I was talking to Sean about it as well, he doesn't like to use the, <laughs> the wrestling. You know, he's kind of falling in love with the striking. And if he strikes too much, um, Shmokovsky can, can absolutely win this fight, but I'm looking forward to that one. Um, right, let's talk about the Henry Filipe fight. He's fighting um, Arthur Skipanak, uh, whose name I pronounce preferably, like all of these names. We'll go with Arthur. Um, he's 26 years old, Polish. Uh, trains out of Gink in Belgium. Um, all action fighter, very well rounded. Um, do you know the one thing I I watch uh, I noticed about him going back? Very good athlete, moves smartly, picks his shots very well. Uh, people probably know Brian High, who's fought in many different organizations. He actually knocked him out with a head kick, uh, and I think this is a very interesting matchup. Like Henry Felipe. He's a Nigerian-born. He's fighting out of uh, Team Phantom in, in Dublin City Centre. And he's been around for a long, long time. You know, Henry has fought some some really, really good guys on the Irish scene and beyond as well. Like, even if you look at his early days, you know, he fought the likes of, of John Redmond, John Michael Shield, who I, I was talking to a few people recently about John Michael Shield, and they were saying he's, this guy is, is probably one of the best guys out of Ireland who never kind of made it, let's say, and I think he's had injuries and issues. But, you know, he fought him and he fought the likes of Connor Cook and, you know, he fought John Redmond actually a few times throughout and he, you know, he fought Danny Roberts, who we saw in the UFC and, and uh, Ion Pascu had a very good career fighting in Bellator and other places as well. So, He's fought a lot of people in his years. You know, he made his debut all the way back in 2010. So he's a guy who's who's really paid his dues, and and he absolutely deserves this spot here. Uh, if you haven't seen him, he's I, I describe him as a wild boxer who manages to move his head very well. You know, he he looks like oh geez, he's wide open, but very rarely actually actually takes a big shot there. Uh, lovely jab, lovely right hand. Um, he, he was out of the game for a good long while. Um, he came back in when he came back in 2021, and he hadn't fought since Bama 30 in 2017, and he's uh, he's five and one since that, and he's had some very good wins. You know, he's won by a Peruvian necktie. He's had three knockouts and uh, got the split decision last time out against Christian Kazabowski, who was a big favorite, I believe, going into that. So massive fight here. Um, look, I roll up my Irish guy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna roll with Henry Felipe. But look, it, it, it really could go either way. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. And I think, do you know what? I'd be surprised if someone didn't catch a big shot here and get knocked, knocked out or knocked down hard and finish because both of these guys hit very well. They're both good athletes. They both pick their shots well. They're both, do you know what? They're both defensively good as well. But I just think there's too much offense there. I just think there's too much offense in that one. Um, 
Right, let's run through the, the rest of the fights. There's a welterweight fight between uh, Kasher Kozyerbinski and Viktor Vashliak. Um, 28-year-old versus 23-year-old. Uh, Victor is fighting off the famous WCA gym. Very good kickboxer at um, 5-0, and I believe. Uh, in his uh, in his career, he is fighting as as I said the nine and five uh, opponent in uh, in Casper. Um, very good knees, f- starts very fast, good cardio as well. Though whereas Casper, the other side of it, again very similar, powerful puncher. Um, he hasn't been knocked out in six KSW fights, but he he does get caught a little bit. So I think someone again is getting knocked out in this. And I I think the funny thing is a lot of these fights. Okay, they're close on the betting odds, but I think in the actual fight itself, the they um. They will be close until they're they're no longer close, and uh, that'll, uh, <laughs> if you know what I mean by that, that'll be uh, actually uh, absolutely very good. Casper minus one four three plus one fifteen <coughs> for Victor, and the Felipe fight Felipe is uh, plus one twenty minus one fifty. So very very close. All of these are so so close in there. Um, light heavyweight fight then. Between uh, Lucas Soldowski, 10 and 2, 6 and 2, uh, Damien P. Vorchak. Um, Damien, 25, fighting out of Red Dragon again with the likes of um, Kamrat and uh, Mankowski. Very good on the ground. Um, and, you know, a light heavyweight. There are not that many guys, I suppose, who are good on the ground and good with submissions and all that. He can kickbox and he can fight as well. Um, Sadolsky, you might remember him. He was on the uh, Contender Series. He ended up losing there. He was the Babylon MMA Light Heavyweight Champion. Uh, he's more of a kickboxer now. He has a few submissions thrown in there as well, but you'd think uh, Damien might have the advantage in that one. Um, Damien is minus 188 favorite, and I think he might get it done on the ground. Sadolsky plus 150. Then the heavyweights, everyone remembers, remembers uh, Victor Peshka. Uh, who was in the UFC one and four there, but uh, went uh, on two as well in, in the PFL. He got uh, Ezekiel choke, funnily enough, by Alexi Alnick. He's finding a 27 year old, Philippe uh, uh, Savak, um, who is from Poznan. Um, a, a good bit of power, lands heavy, um, couple of submissions as well. But this one, I think it's going to probably stay on the feet. Uh, Peshka is the minus 150 favorite, 120 underdog. You know, I haven't been able to find a whole lot of uh, of Philip. So, you know, Peshka, it, it'll be it'll be interesting to see if Peshka with kind of maybe the change in level here can get something done. But I, I don't know what I'd be betting too much on on uh, that one to be honest. Um, then we have Marius Janček versus uh, Milan Zravovic. Um, uh, Marius, twenty six years old. Uh, very good submissions, Milan. Very good kickboxer. Uh, so you know, again, the kickboxing versus the uh, uh, the, the submission game. We'll we'll see who gets the the, the upper uh, hand in that submission game. Guy is the favorite minus two seven five. This is the one, uh, Milan plus two ten. The, the the biggest uh, gap, I suppose, in prices. And then the opening fight of the night is between uh, Oscar Skipianek. And Adrian Gralak, uh, 24-year-old Oscar versus 26-year-old uh, Galak. Um, a good few fights in the amateurs, though, for, for Oscar. He's only 4-1 and one in his career, but I think he's 18, 19 fights very good, uh, as an amateur. Very good submission artist um, as well. He has uh, one submi- uh, one knockout in that as well, so he can, he can hit. Um, Grania, uh, uh, Gralak is a good kickboxer. Um, good head kick, very powerful punches. Uh, he'll want to probably keep it standing. He fought against uh, Yan Lai S, who people will know that's his only loss 
uh, as is for uh, for Oscar. They both lost to to Yan Lian. So yeah, that's uh, an interesting one there. Look, uh, the betting odds for that one. Uh, plus one oh five, minus one three three. The favorite is uh, is Oscar there in that one. So I, I think he will just about maybe not just there, but who knows? Who knows? All right, everyone. We believe it at that. Thank you very much for tuning in. Really looking forward to seeing this card this weekend. Um, check it out, KSW on, on Twitter and all that. You'll find out where to uh, where to watch it. And uh, until then, we will see you next time. My name is Sean Sheehan for SureDog.com, and I will see you next time.